Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. You don't have to put your hand on your heart, but I'm encouraging you to do that because what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you. And my hope is, is that by you putting your hand on your heart, you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm giving you access to my heart. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like or what's going to happen if I do that. But hey, let's do it. I've prayed for people on the beach before. <laughs> Can I pray for you? And it's like, oh, yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> so here we go. Let's, let me pray for you. I plead the blood of Jesus, and I command that only the Holy Spirit shall come close and prosper. I pray, Lord, that you would touch each person in this room with your supernatural peace. Lord, I pray that all of the anxiety that's been coming against folks in this room, that it would just be set off to the side, and they would just be able just to enjoy your peace and lean in and listen with their hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to launch some incredible opportunities to serve you today. You're going to speak to hearts. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to bless them so that they can be a blessing. We just want Jesus to be glorified through our lives, Lord. Lord, we don't want it to be about us. We want it to be about you. So, Lord, we just invite you today just to speak to our hearts. While I'm speaking, Lord, I pray that you would just be speaking to hearts. If you want to take us on a tangent or completely different from what I'm doing up here, Lord, you just do whatever you want to do. It's all about you anyway. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You have no idea what an irony it is for me to be kind of known as the prayer guy or the Holy Spirit dude. That is just hilarious to me. I grew up in a church uh, tradition that saw the Holy Spirit as a concept to be understood rather than as a relationship to be experienced. That's just, my seminary was like that. Oh, every, every part of my church experience for a lot of years had to do with that. However, sometimes what begins to happen is that we become aware that something's missing. You ever notice that? Something's not right. And it's not the problems, not the Lord. There's something wrong in here. There's something wrong in here. Um, I don't, there's got to be more to the Christian faith than what I'm experiencing. There just has to be more. Have you ever asked questions like that? I sure have. So I was in 
the most ideal ministry you could have ever designed for me. I was working with college students at Florida State University, just loved what I was doing. And I was experiencing all the things I just said. I had a little group of students that dearly loved me and they would tell me all the time that they were praying for me. I just sat in your chair right here and I was praying for you. I got that chair hot. <laughs> and um, they would just, they could tell that something was missing too. I wasn't the only one that noticed. But it didn't make them uh, critical, judgmental in their attitude toward me. They just, they just started praying for me. And um, I, the results of all that praying was, was pretty significant. I, I used to preach a sermon called the Holy Spirit Adventure. Now, my life was not a Holy Spirit adventure. Trust me, it was not a Holy Spirit adventure. But there was that part of me that, re, that when I read the book of Acts, it should be. Acts 1.8, Jesus told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. That is a summary verse of the mission. You, that, the whole book of Acts, you can put in that one verse. Because the rest of the book shows how that one verse gets lived out. The Holy Spirit giving the power to witness. And my sermon would be, God's calling us to go on a Holy Spirit adventure. Now, I didn't preach it from a place of experience. I preached it more as a longing. I wish my life could be a Holy Spirit adventure. It should be a Holy Spirit adventure. I was like, uh, I was talking to a pastor's wife, and she said, my husband is like a travel agent that's telling people about beautiful lands that he's never personally visited. Well, that was me too. And um, I knew it had something to do with the Holy Spirit. But in my, my church background, if you talked about the Holy Spirit too much, you were weird. <laughs> I remember I was in seminary and this pastor approached me. He says, now I'm looking over there for, for, I need a youth director. And he said, now some of them boys over there ain't got no religion. He said, I don't want none of them. And he said, on the other hand, I don't want no jumping Jesus neither. <laughs> that was the environment that I was immersed in. It was almost like um, contraband to look into the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's like, you don't do that. No, 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 no. We don't do that. And yet I knew that that's probably what was missing. But I didn't know how to, to get to that place where the Holy Spirit was real in my life. So that's what this message is about this morning. How to get the ministry of the Holy Spirit real in your life. Can I sign you up for that? Can I sign anybody up for that? Okay. So we're going to make some declarations of faith that I believe will help you. And then at the end of the message, I'm just warning you ahead of time, it's going to come down. 
Holy Spirit's going to mess you up. I'm just telling you. I'm warning you. It's coming. Um, it's like I, I remember this couple was on the beach, had a free prayer sign in the middle of the beach. And I knew her, and she came up and introduced herself and her boyfriend to me. And I said, man, can I pray for you? And he's looking at me like, uh, no, I'm good. And I said, it'll mess you up for the rest of the day. He goes, okay. Go for it. This is how he walked away. That young man would not let me pray for him again. That's all right. The Holy Spirit already got him. Holy Spirit already got him. Okay. The movie, The Jesus Revolution. If you haven't seen that, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, I got touched by the Jesus Revolution. But I was on the wrong side of the country and I still got touched. I remember going to a house church where they were singing scripture songs. And the anointing of God's presence was so tangible. I didn't know that, that's was, that that was the anointing of God's presence. I had no language. for, But it left an echo in my heart that would never go away. So that's why I always knew that there was something more because the Holy Spirit had touched me. And I believe he's done that with you. He's touched you at some time. And he's saying to you, there's more. Come on in. It's time to come home. Come on in. Be that person I've created you to be. Okay? You ready for the first declaration? I am desperate to experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Would you say that after me? I am desperate to experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit. One more time. I am desperate to experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 21 and 22 is Jesus' baptism. Notice what God says in an audible voice to Jesus and, and how Jesus is modeling for us how to do life in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Okay, listen to these, these, this ver these verses. Luke 3, 21 and 22. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you, I am well pleased. So when Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was baptized in the supernatural love of God. Now here's something crazy. And that's not just for Jesus. Listen to Ephesians 1, 6 and 7. This is the King James to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Remember that beloved, this is my beloved son, that you can be accepted in the beloved? Wow, think about that. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So Jesus wants to baptize you in his love. He wants you to experience acceptance in the beloved. Well, how does that happen? I mean, okay, that's a nice concept, but how does that, how does that become real? Romans 5.5. 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. When I do listening prayer, it is such an incredible privilege. My mentor used to say it like this. He says, you've got the best seat in the house. You're on the front row watching what Jesus is doing. I get to watch Jesus love on people. And sometimes they just can't stop crying because they feel his love. It's crazy. All I have to do is get out of the way and listen. Now, that's a little bit hard because this is hard. This can be hard. So I've got to get that stuff out of the way so I can really listen, just like you have to. But when we really listen, Jesus wants to just pour out his love. So I had been hearing from the Lord for less than a week. I'd been crying out for the Lord for, uh, for months, actually a couple years. It just didn't feel like it was ever going to get here. Other people were experiencing, but I sure wasn't. And I just kept crying, oh, oh Lord, please speak to me. Give me something hard to do. I'll, I'll do any. Just talk to me. I just kept crying out, crying out. I remember being pounding on the floor, crying. Oh, Lord, please speak to me. Please speak to me. I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what I'm doing. Please help me. And finally, February 6, 1998, I was getting ready to go to sleep, Leesburg, Florida, at the youth camp there, the Warren Willis Youth Camp. And I was at a campus ministry retreat. And I sit on the inside, I love you, Jesus. On the inside, I heard, I love you too. Okay, I sat up in bed. <laughs> and on the inside, I went, is this really you? On the inside, I heard, yes, this is really me. I was like, oh my. And from that moment on, my life was never the same. Never the same. That first week I was at a church and the pastor said, I want you to pray for the youth director. So I'm just listening. And then I hear, every night of your life you think you're going to die. I break the power of that lie in Jesus' name. On the inside, I said, I, I, can't, I can't say that. <laughs> Lord, I, I can't say that. I can't say that. What a, I mean, that's either right or it's not. There's no wiggle room with that. I mean, I'm either going to hit the target or I'm going to miss it a mile. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, this is my first week. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an idiot. 
You know, I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. And, and then I hear, say it. I said, I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't say it. Lord, please, please don't make me do this. Say it. Okay. So I said it. When he finished praying, he starts running around the room. And he's going, it's gone. It's gone. I'll never forget that. Runs up to me, puts both of his hands on my shoulder, looks me straight in the eye and says, every night of my life, I think I'm going to die of a heart attack. Every single night of my life and it's gone. This was my prayer for the next 15 minutes as I drove in my truck back home. Uh, Lord, that was impressive. Uh, Seriously, wow, 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 wow. Lord, no, 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 no. Seriously, seriously. And I I prayed just like that for about 20 minutes. I just, I kept being more and more blown away. I said, wow, wow. Don't you want to see Jesus love on people? And that he would use a broken vessel like me and like you to pour out his love into people's lives. Don't you want to see that? I was walking with a young couple at the University of Kentucky, getting ready to go pray for students on campus. And I told them, I said, when, it is so cool to pray for people on the sidewalk because they don't see it coming. It's real short. And Jesus loves on them. And sometimes they get so overwhelmed, they'll burst into tears and run over and hug me. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes that'll even happen. I just got finished saying that. We walked up, and we're at a street corner next to campus, getting ready to cross over. This is not the best place to offer to pray for people. Just so you know, this is not the best place. But, I, you know, you know, I, I, I just do what I do. So I said, can I, hey, listen, excuse me, I'm Pastor Tim. I just want to see if it would be okay if I encourage you by praying for you. And I always tell, I always take young people with me, and I always tell the females, you stand real close to me because your job is to dial down my creep factor. Okay? So you don't, if you turn your head, I'm going to be gone, and then I'm going to be all creeping all over the place. So you need to hang. Okay, so anyway, I'm, I'm looking at this girl, and so I start praying for her. I'm just listening and praying. When I finished praying, she burst into tears and ran over and hugged me. I just got finished telling them that. Do you know what that was? That was the Holy Spirit showing that girl how much Jesus loves her. And it's a shock. You can't get your mind around it. You just can't. Listen, people have prayed for me, and I have burst into tears. Because there's no way that could be prayed except by the Holy Spirit. And it was the, it was the Lord showing you how much he loves you. It's amazing. Melissa was getting ready for a really difficult um, treatment, cancer treatment. And um, so we met up. She was a a mom with two children, married. And and we met up at a bookstore in Louisville. And um, we were visiting. 
and I asked her if I could pray for her, and she said yes. And one of the things that I heard in prayer to pray is, Lord, thank you that Melissa is in the palm of your hand. When I finished praying, she says, that's my favorite thing in the world. I, whenever I pray, I picture myself being in the palm of the Lord's hand. This is the Lord loving on her. And she said, you know, I, I lost all my hair, and so I'm in the, oftentimes in the cancer waiting room. And she says, so I always just tell everybody about Jesus. And she said, it's really difficult to tell a young, bald lady to shut up. <laughs> and one day she's telling this lady about Jesus, and she goes, honey, you wait, wait right here. I'm going to go get my husband. He needs to talk to you. <laughs> just an amazing person. And she told me, I want to live with all of my heart. Then she leans in and goes, but if my death will bring more glory to Jesus than my life, then bring it. And then she said, if I don't make it, your job is to tell my story. So I'm telling her story. Amazing woman of God. All of us that knew Melissa will never be the same. She asked for the nurses that were really stressed out to, to be the ones to care for her. Before, right before she died, she was constantly trying to be a witness for Jesus. You see, she had signed up for the adventure of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the adventure doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. Sometimes the adventure is pretty hard. But the Lord will be there. I am desperate, desperate for the love of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Second declaration. I am desperate to experience the holiness of God through the Holy Spirit. Would you say that after me? I am desperate to experience the holiness of God through the Holy Spirit. One more time. I am desperate to experience the holiness of God through the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 11, one through three, this is about Jesus. Listen to how the first verse refers to Jesus and then and listen to what how the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what it's going to look like through Jesus' life. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. That's Jesus. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. That's Jesus. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The spirit of counsel and of might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Now, there's a Bible verse that said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound minds. 2 Timothy 1. There is a spirit of fear that's demonic. And that's what he's talking about. 
But there is a spirit of the fear of the Lord that's all about the holiness of God. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, what's next? Hallowed be thy name. Holy are you. When I first went to Brownsville, this was a revival that happened in the mid-1990s. Pensacola, Florida. I, wait, I remember waiting 10 hours in the parking lot hoping to get a seat in the main sanctuary. Imagine that. 5,000 people standing in the parking lot for a better part of a day. Isn't that crazy? To go to church? And when I walked in, this was, I, I, I was like somebody going to the big city for the first time. I kept looking around because I could feel the anointing of holiness. I'd never felt that before. I'd never experienced that before. So like, oh, so that's what the fear of the Lord is. Holy, holy, holy. My hope is that you will be desperate to experience the holiness of God through the Holy Spirit. I am desperate to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? I am desperate to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. One more time. I am desperate to be touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke 24, 49, I am going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. After Jesus' baptism, he goes into the wilderness, and in verse 1, Luke 4, verse 1, it says, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody is a famous evangelist. And toward the beginning of his ministry, he was preaching a powerful salvation message. And it was anointed because of the Holy Spirit anoints the word of God. But there was something that was missing. And a couple of older ladies came to him and said, there's something missing. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be effective in preaching the gospel like this, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. So D.L. Moody began to, be, to cry out to God for the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he was walking down a street. He was walking down a street in New York City, and he was touched by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he was never the same. Have you been doing ministry in your own power? I've done a lot of that. Doesn't work very well. After you preach a lot of sermons, you can sit down and sometimes go like, man, there was no power. If the Holy Spirit is not working, it's just entertainment and maybe not even that good of entertainment. 
It's just a bunch of words. That's what I, I, I love so much about hearing Billy Graham talk. He kept saying, there's lots of people that are much better preachers than I am. He just said, but for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit puts his power. He, the, I, I just try to partner with his power, not mine. I just try to partner with his power. Aren't you hungry to have the power of God at work through your life rather than just working in your own power? I hope you're disillusioned with working in your own power. It, sometimes it takes us getting to that place where we become disillusioned with, hey, I've seen what I can do. I, in fact, I had a guy pray for me one time. <laughs> this is great. He goes, he says, the Lord wants me to tell you, you've seen what you can do. Now get out of the way and watch, watch what I can do. <laughs> So that's, a, that's gospel truth right there, man. That was, that was a good prayer. I am not offended, trust me. That is true. That was the Holy Spirit of truth. I've seen what you can do. I've, now just get out of the way and watch what I can do. I hope you're at that place too. Yeah, I've seen what I can do. Oh my goodness gracious. Lord have mercy. I am desperate to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? I am desperate to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. John 10, 27 and 28. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. I was standing in line at Brownsville. And I was talking to this guy from England. I said, why are you here? He said, ah, oh, God's moving and I want to get in. He said, besides, I want to hear Jesus' voice. I said, what's that? He says, you know, the Holy Spirit's speaking. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, wow, I wonder what he's talking about. You see, you can read the scriptures, but if you've never seen it being applied in somebody's life, it just, you don't, it feels like history rather than a, a training manual. You know, it's like what God used to do, but he doesn't do that stuff anymore. No, 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 no. So I get there in the service and the evangelist is preaching and he tells this story. He said, I was in the middle of a sermon and he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me right in the middle of the sermon. And so I stopped. And he said, the Holy Spirit said to tell, told him to say this. He says, there's a man. You cannot wait to the end of the worship service to give your life to Christ. You have to do it right now. You know it's you come forward. This guy came running from the back of the room. So after the service, he went over to talk to him, and he goes like, uh, what, was, what was that? He goes, man, that was incredible. He said, um, I had just prayed, God, if you're real, stop this guy in the middle of his message and call me out. And as soon as he prayed that, he stopped on a dime. He said, the Holy Spirit's telling me there's a man. You're sitting in this room. You cannot wait to the end of the worship service, to give your life to the Lord, you know it's you. Please come forward. 
You know what that did to me? I said, I have to know God like that. I hope it hits you that way too. My experience has been that often the Holy Spirit has spoken into people's lives and they didn't recognize that it was the Holy Spirit. The first time the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I was in high school, but I didn't know that's what was going on. Uh, my, <laughs> my girlfriend called and wanted to meet with me. I said, I'm not prophetic, but I knew what that was about. This is not gonna go well. <laughs> this is not gonna go well. So I'm driving over the way, and what I thought was gonna happen, happened, by the way. <laughs> well, I was driving over there. The words, lo, I am with you always, came into my heart. I said, that sounds like the Bible. It was Matthew 28, 20, at the end of the Great Commission. And then a couple days later, while I was still pretty upset, it happened again. Lo, I'm with you always. When I moved into listening and prayer, I said, Lord, was that you talking to me back then? Yes. I said, I thought so. I didn't know it back then. I, I'm suspicious that many of you have had experiences like that. And you may not even know that, oh my goodness, but that was the Holy Spirit. We're expecting a giant audible voice. And God does speak like that sometimes. He does. He's, he, but it's special occasions. Most of the time what happens is the Holy Spirit will testify with our spirit. That's what it says in Romans 8, 16. The Holy Spirit will testify with our spirit. And so he'll speak into our hearts. Now, you want to test the things. If, some, if I pray for you and there's something directional in the prayer, which terrifies me, I don't enjoy doing that. But you, if that happens, you do, that doesn't mean you go run off and do something. It means you go pray. And if the Lord wants you to do whatever that was that will pray, he'll, he'll confirm it for you. That's how that works. Um, and we need to be in absolute humility about the way we approach all of this because there's nothing worse than being told that God said something and it's really not the Lord, okay? So we need to be really, 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 really humble about all this. Seven times in Revelation 2 and 3, Jesus ends each of his messages with this Bible verse. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. In every denomination, people say we should talk to God and we should listen to God. Every denomination. Now, the ministry of the Holy Spirit will look different from church to church. I love the body of Christ. I love the body of Christ. I love being a part of different streams in the body of Christ. But every part of the body of Christ needs the Holy Spirit. I was talking to a guy who was a seminary student, and he was graduating, and he was going to be a, um, a Greek priest, Orthodox priest, something like that. And um, I, get, I, I, get, I had a, one of my books with uh, Stream Sheep, and I... And I Lord told me to give it to him. So I went and got it and gave it to him. And I said, I call this listening prayer. 
I said, but every denomination says we should speak to God and we should listen to God. I said, what do you call that? He thought about it. I said, we call that discernment. I said, well, great, teach discernment. You don't have to call it listening prayer. I use the terms listening prayer because it's uh, denominationally neutral. Every denomination needs the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We all need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's been, is, is had some pretty bad marketing. Just saying. So I'm on the, I'm on the beach and I'm praying for students and the student comes up to me. I give her my card and she looks at my card and she says, Pastor Tim. She said, I'm a marketing major. She said, I really don't think this is your market. And I laughed. <laughs> so I thought that was great. So I laughed. I said, can I pray for you? And she let me pray for her. Well, uh, two days later, we were on buses taking students wherever they wanted to go. And she, she gets on with a couple of her friends. She goes, do you remember me? I'm the marketing major. I said, remember you? I've been talking about you all week. <laughs> So I prayed for her and prayed for all of her friends with listening prayer. And they're getting off and she comes back over to me and she goes, um, I think this is your market. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> we just laughed. All of that to say that God has uniquely designed you and me to go on a very distinct Holy Spirit adventure. It's a very distinct Holy Spirit adventure. And did you know that you can even go on a Holy Spirit adventure if you're bedridden? What? My mentor did something that he called daily assignments. And I was in meetings all day, and I was like so annoyed. And, uh, and I was gonna do something noble like straighten up my uh, office because I was just so annoyed. And so I stopped and prayed, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Go on a prayer drive, okay. So I'm on a prayer drive and then I hear in the middle of the prayer drive, call Brother Harold. I said, okay. So I call Brother Harold, his wife answers the phone. I said, Nancy, I have no idea why I'm calling. I just got in prayer that I needed to call Brother Harold. She said, of course you did. She said, this morning, the Lord told Brother Harold, I'm bringing you home. Pack your bags, I'm bringing you home. She said, I've been fighting it. You have no idea how bad I've been fighting this. So he got on the phone, could barely talk, and prayed for me for the very last time. And then two days later, on the day that he died, he got a dream about a missionary couple. And he got Nancy to place the call. And on the very last day of his life, he did his last Holy Spirit adventure. He talked to this missionary couple, hadn't talked to them in five years, gave them the dream. Nancy said the dream didn't make a lick of sense to her. She got on the phone and they were crying. She said, our lives have been so difficult that we've questioned whether or not we're even Christians. 
you have no idea what this means to us. And then three or four hours later, Brother Harold died. And Nancy said the closer he got to death, she realized she was on holy ground. On the last day of his life, he went on his last Holy Spirit adventure. Don't you want to be like that? I, I want to be like that. Okay, so here's the big question. How do we get from where we are to into this Holy Spirit adventure? What does this look like? Well, we've started by making these declarations of faith, confessing that we're desperate. Being poor in spirit is, is number one. So that's why I've walked you through all these, uh, these declarations of desperation. The last declaration is, I am desperate for my life to become a Holy Spirit adventure. Would you say that? I am desperate for my life to become a Holy Spirit adventure. I heard Dr. Bill Bright speak at Florida State University, about 30 leaders. And um, I was really impressed. What really hit me was the joy and the peace that was overflowing out of his life. Really got my attention. So I made up a question to go talk to him, just, just to get close. So I goes in front of him, and I was like, the peace and the joy, what in the world does he know that I don't know. So I, after that, I started scouring his materials, and I finally found it. Have you made the wonderful, let me see, have you made the wonderful discovery of the spirit-filled life? It's a little pamphlet, and there was simple little drawings have you made the dis wonderful discovery of a spirit-filled life? Dr. Bill Bright, you can get it online. It's just amazing. And there was this, this simple little diagram that rocked my world. And I said, oh my, this is what's wrong with me. The first was a circle, and there was a chair in the middle of the circle. And... On the chair, there was S for self, and the chair represented the throne of the heart. So self was on the throne of the heart, and Christ, for the cross, was outside the life. That's before we say yes to Jesus. And then there was another picture, and there was another chair, and it said S. Self was still on the throne of the, of the heart. Christ was in the life, but self was still on the throne of life. And then there was a third picture where Christ was on the throne of the heart. Self was still in the life, but it was no longer on the throne. And I looked at those last two pictures and I said, this is what's wrong with me. I'm still in charge. I, I'm in charge. What is the most basic discipleship calling from Jesus. Two words, follow me. 
and I hadn't even got that right. That's why I was in the condition I was in. So I uh, did the most reasonable thing that I could think of. I fired myself. I said to myself, self, you are incompetent to run my life. You're fired. You're fired. And so in a few minutes, I'm going to give you the opportunity to fire yourself. Now, I did this at a church, and I gave the altar call and invitation for people to fire themselves. And then in a couple months later, I went to a men's retreat, and this guy, when I came up for prayer, and he goes, I was one of the people that fired myself. And when I went to work the next day, I got fired. <laughs> he said I was making a lot of money. He said, I'm making about half what I was making back then. He said, I am happier than I've ever been in my entire life. Isn't that something? So I, that's, if you're serious about going on this Holy Spirit adventure, and I, and I believe you are, the most important thing you can do is fire yourself. Now, it's hard turning loose of control. Anybody have control issues? Don't, don't raise your hand. You don't have to. <laughs> you, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to be under his control, not your control. But, but I'm afraid he's going to tell me to do something I don't want to do. Oh, yeah, he will absolutely do that. <laughs> absolutely, he will do that. You know what the greatest thing to discover is? It is more fun doing something that you don't want to do that the Lord wants you to do than to do what you want to do, and it's not the Lord. When you're doing what you want to do, it's not the Lord. It's empty, pointless, unfulfilling, unsatisfying. It's a joke. But if you're doing something the Lord wants you to do, even if it's something that you don't want to do, the joy of the Lord is right there. It's right there. So I believe you want to go on, on the adventure of a lifetime. So this is the invitation. You can kneel down on this hard floor in front of your chair. You can come down in the front and kneel down. You can do whatever, whatever, any way that you know to express. But what you're going to be doing is saying, I'm going to fire me. This thing is coming under new management. Holy Spirit, I'm coming under your management. Jesus is Lord of my life. He's my Savior, but now He's my Lord. He's in charge. He's the boss. I'm going to follow Him, and I'm going to follow the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to help me apply the biblical principles from the Word of God to my life so that I can bring honor and glory to Jesus. So that when it's all said and done and it's time to go home to glory, I can bring things to Jesus that matter to his heart. Isn't that you? If that's you, step across the line and fire yourself. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon. Thank you.